Hello runners, hope all of you are doing well. This is Coach Bala here. This is uh, Tuesday morning. Actually, it's about 5.30 in the morning. And you must be wondering, like, what am I doing at 5.30 in the morning, all dressed up like this? And, uh, you know, what is happening here? Well, the situation is I'd come back uh, late in the weekend, had my New York City race. Thank you for all the uh, uh, best wishes and uh, congratulations messages. A lot of people had wonderful races that uh, last weekend. Congratulations to everybody, those who finished LA marathons and uh, New York City half marathon. It's a fantastic day, fantastic uh, weekend. So here I was, fully jet lagged. I've been sleeping a lot after that. And I have a business meeting today and I have to go to the city to meet uh, my client. And I got all dressed up and I realized that I woke up a little too early. So I woke up at uh, three o'clock, <laughs> thanks to my jet lag. And then I've been, uh, you know, pre getting prepared and uh, here I am fully prepared. And then suddenly a, a thought stuck that I still have another half an hour to go. And before I leave, so I thought I will uh, might as well do a, a, a delayed uh, a recording of weekend message. So just as uh, delayed, but hopefully not denied. Um, so here I am. So with that, first of all, congratulations, guys. One more week is done. You all are now officially into the peak MISO cycle territory. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And those of you who, have, uh, who are thinking, hey, how come all of these guys are already completing the race when peak MISO is not yet done? You should know that these, these are all planned races. What that means is all these folks have already talked to their coaches, they have adjusted their schedules in such a way that, uh, you know, they've finished their peak missiles before and they are doing these races. And those of them who are just doing the long runs, they are all full marathon runners. So instead of, it's always, I advise them instead of just doing long runs, which is anyway more than a half marathon, if they get an opportunity to do a half marathon, why not just go ahead and do it? Because nothing like race day experience. So that's why people are running it. So don't think that they have uh, short-circuited the uh, the uh, training plan and they're just doing it. Of course, there might be few who are doing that without uh, informing the coaches and just going and doing half marathons, just like that. I, my um, sort of thought process to them is if that's what you want to do, then why are you even in that training program? You can go and do a half marathon whenever you feel like. See, as I've always said, doing a half marathon or doing a full marathon is not about doing it. It's about process to the start line. Are you able to stick to a schedule, get your mind, body, and soul trained to get to the start line. That is what it is. That's what lends you to long-term positive impact. And, uh, you know, we go from there. So that's that's really where we are right now, folks. And those of you who are now in the peak meso cycle, congratulations. Now is the time to sort of bring it all together. All of this training that you have done thus far is about sailing through this next three to four weeks of peak meso cycle. Um, as I explained, or maybe I didn't explain it, this time we have a two more, two extra weeks of training because uh, what had happened is uh, when we originally planned for it, um, we had uh, uh, catered to an extra week because the race day as initially was planned was matching with the spring break here in uh, New Jersey where the bulk of the New Jersey runners come for the race day. And the spring break is a time when people, you know, sort of travel. So we didn't want to sort of mess up the, the travel plan. So we said we'll do one more week extra. And that's how it came to the 23rd of April instead of, I think, was it the 15th of April? But then uh, we had uh, trouble uh, finding the 
or getting the license for the race day on the Colonia Park, which is where we do our race. So we had to again delay it by further week so that we can get uh, the permit for the race day. So as a result, two more weeks got added and hence it is uh, this time it's a little extended cycle, which is okay. One or two weeks more is good. So as a result, we have uh, one week of ramp up to peak meso cycle and then we also have a four week peak meso instead of a three week peak meso cycle. So that's how it is. So for those of you who are, uh, you know, uh, signed up for a race, say two weeks before, you're still okay because that is a 16 week training program. Talk to your coaches and uh, we will adjust your, uh, your schedules accordingly. Similarly, those of you who are doing runs beyond the 30th, we would consider, you know, you are still within the season if you are like three, four weeks after the end race day. That's pretty much it. After that, the season is officially closed. Uh, what that means is we do certificates and that type of stuff till that period. Say, call it like three to four weeks before the race day to three to four weeks after the race day is your race window that I would like all of you to sort of complete your races, plan your races. Uh, we will also uh, shortly launch our race day sign up in New Jersey. I'm really hoping to see all of you there. The volunteers, it's a gala event, guys. We'll talk a little bit more about it in the next weekend uh, message. Uh, so those are all the things that are happening. And then this week is also a very interesting week, very uh, exciting week, I would say. Uh, come this Friday, we are going to have our mid-season party, runners party. I hope, uh, thank you for all of you who have RSVP'd, about 80 of you have RSVP'd. I know that, you know, for non-New Jersey folks, it's a little bit of a bummer that, um, you know, they don't have anything like this, but, uh, you know, uh, what to do, guys? We'll, uh, we'll, as we scale, we'll figure out uh, more such uh, parties beyond New Jersey where we have scale. Uh, so for now, it is in New Jersey, as I had given a lot of uh, information about it. Please sign up. Do come Friday evening. Nothing like it. Just come, have a blast, enjoy a time with fellow runners, meet those fellow amazing human beings that you might only heard uh, of by name, and put a name to the, put a face to that name. Connect, network, dance, party, potluck, good food, drinks, you name it. Everything is there. So, uh, looking forward to seeing uh, many of you there uh, on the, this Friday, uh, 7 p.m. onwards, 7 to 1 p.m. Our DJ Parth will be there and, uh, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so I have two messages for you today. Uh, message one is about uh, the idea of banked runs. And message two is about the idea of problem solving. Um, so let's first talk about a little bit about banked runs. And then in the problem solving section, I'll share with you my thoughts and why it is critical uh, you know, uh, habit or a critical skill set for any long distance runner and how the banked run actually helped me for a problem solving that I did live this weekend, just to give you an example. So first of all, what are banked runs? The idea of banked runs is, uh, is essentially for those of you who are sort of get mentally or physically fatigued running long distances for a long, long time. You know, it is, uh, you know, professionals or high-end runners who can run for 13, 15, 17 miles continuously, they don't need these bank runs. You know, they are in a different sort of uh, uh, sort of category of their own. I'm talking about people like me or a, a large uh, uh, set of people who are not really, who have never run in their lives before, but who have picked up running off late and uh, sort of couched to on the amateur class. Now, when you are 
asking uh, when this person runs for long, whether it is distance or time, there is a mental and physical fatigue that builds up. Okay, so the way to sort of uh, get over that is mentally tell your body that, hey, you're not running 13 miles. You're only running 0.9 miles. Just focus on the 0.9 mile window. So the minute you break the 13 miles into a 0.9 mile window, you, 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 you get that extra mental strength. Your mind is not acting as a inertia for you. In fact, it is now looking forward to finishing that 0.9 mile segment. That concept in action happens in a banked run. So what it really means is, think of it like this. Let us say you have a five mile run. One way of doing, and your speed is 12 minute is what your target is. 12 minute a mile is a target. One way to do that is just run five miles continuously for 12 minutes, 12, 12, 12, 12, 12, and that's it, the race is done, or the, the run is done. In a bank run plan, how you do this is that you run a little faster than 12 minutes. So let's say you run at 11.45. So you run 11.45 for, let's say, up to 0.9 miles. Or in other words, by the time you reach 0.9 miles, you actually banked some extra sort of seconds uh, to your target 12 minutes. Or in other words, why, because you're running at 11.45 or 11.30, whatever is the case may be, when you approach 0.9 miles, you can afford to walk for some time and finish the, the next 0.1 mile walking and still able to hit the 12-minute target pace that you want for that mile. So really what is happening is you're not sacrificing on pace, you're not sacrificing on your target split plan. But what you're really doing is running that a little extra pace. So it's not as if you're running beyond your CP. You are sort of running, but at the edge of your CP, you're running that little extra space, thereby you're able to gain some additional seconds or time. And you bank it in your sort of, it's almost like a savings bank, you bank some currency. And come 0.9 miles, you sort of use it from your bank and finish the one mile, last 0.1 mile walking. Why? Because you do this, your heart rate sort of stabilizes. you mentally, as I was telling you, that you now have a better sort of uh, mental strength because your mind is not fatigued. Also, you physically, you are sort of, you know, taking a little bit of a gap. Maybe those joint pains and all that, you know, can get a little bit of a rest. And as a result, you finish the one mile and then do the same thing again. So, so that is banked run, folks. So the, the speciality of banked runs is because you get that break in between, you are able to actually enjoy the run quite a bit. For instance, I have been doing banked runs for forever. I don't even remember when was the last time I didn't do a banked run. Not because I cannot do continuous runs, but I actually want to do banked runs. Uh, even in a race, I do banked runs. The reason for that is even you know during those 0 0.1, 0 0.2, 0 0.15 miles, that is when I enjoy the race. I talk to people, I take pictures, I tweet, I look at WhatsApp, you know, just literally enjoy the city there that I'm running that I normally don't get that view. So if you're always focused on running, you miss out on that third pillar of a runner's eye, which is having fun and banked run. So beautifully sort of plugs into that strategy that I was talking about. It's always been fun. Those of you who have done banked runs, um, they normally get addicted to it. Um, and, uh, you know, when you keep doing this for a long time, you can actually control the amount of bank you have. Um, so you literally, you know, it's about constantly checking and trying out different things. 
and figure out what is the pace that I need to run so that I get a little extra time. You know, this mile, I actually want a little bit more time because you know what, I'm going in the Manhattan Bridge and I need a little bit more time for taking pictures, for instance. So what I do, what I try to do is get a little bit more bank so that I have like, you know, 0.2 miles of walking as opposed to 0.1 mile of walking, all within still the larger strategy of how long I need to do for that particular mile. Uh, those folks who do not like bank run, there are, you know, the folks who don't believe or not believe, who feel that this is uh, much more of a pain is some folks do not like this stop-start strategy because uh, their body is such that once they get into this, they just want to keep going at it in a constant steady pace so that they don't want to stop. And the effort of stopping and starting is actually a little bit more than just continuing to run for some time. Absolutely, that is totally fine too. You know, uh, this is just one other tool that I want you to try. It's not like mandatory that you need to do. Uh, depending upon how you feel, how you face, um, you know, your body and mental conditioning, you can check out this. Um, I'm saying this only because I want to make sure that you have this idea that banking doesn't mean you're losing out on pace. Banking just means you're managing your pace. Okay, so that's that point about banking. Uh, definitely do try it out. The second thing I want to talk about today is the problem solving, the art of or the art and science of problem solving and why that is very important for a long distance runner. Now, you know, this is a whole problem solving itself is a whole new topic. We can talk and there are, there are like enough, uh, uh, thought, you know, ideas and logic behind it. Uh, but for this particular podcast, all I just wanted to talk about is that why being a good problem solver is very important to being a good long distance runner. The, the, the fundamental reason is when you are in long distance running mode, especially in the long distance range, I'm talking about like beyond 10 miles, 13, 15, 17, or in a race for that matter, you have to expect that you always should have a plan. Without a plan, there's no point. But you need to expect that just because you have a plan, everything cannot and will not flow through to meet those plans. There will be things that you didn't expect. There's going to be things that are thrown at you. Small things will become big issues, like small gear problem will suddenly come and bite you very badly during the race. Or, uh, you know, you didn't sleep well yesterday night, you didn't cater to that, and suddenly you're having problems while run. You know, weather is different. The pressure because of number of people around you are different. There are so many things that can actually throw a wrench in your plan. I'm talking about race or even a long distance, but let's talk in terms of race. So because of that, as a long distance runner, you need to develop a mindset of problem solving because problems, you need to give it that there will be some problems that you didn't expect, that you're not prepared for in a, long, in a race. So when there is definitely going to be a problem, the only way to solve, only way to just get over it is become a good problem solver. So only if you're a good problem solver, you'll be able to resolve those problems that are going to come your way, which is a given. And hence you become good long distance racers and runners. So that's why the concept of problem solving and being a problem solver is very critical to be a long distance runner. So let's talk about what is problem solving first. So as I said, there are many different definitions of problem solving. The way I would uh, sort of handle problem solving or define problem solving is one, do you first know what the problem is? Many times a good problem solver knows exactly what is he trying to solve for, okay? Many times a bad solution is designed or crafted because the definition of problem itself is not very clear. So that's the first 
skill set of a problem solver. What is my problem? Okay, identifying that. The second sort of skill set of a problem solver that I want all of you to think about is this notion of a non-binary mindset. What that means is when you have a problem, if your mindset is I need to solve 100% of the problem, that is a binary mindset. That means either I solve it 100% or anything less than 100% is a failure. So you try your best, your solutions, you craft your solution in such a way that you solve the entire problem in its entirety. That is not a way to go when you are in a long distance problem. See, that 100% thing is a research mindset where you have all the time, you have all the resources, you think, look back, figure it out and just shoot it and nail the solution in such a way that the entire problem is removed. But in the, in the context of you know, life, I would say, why only long distance, but definitely in long distance, is that if you get into the mindset of solving for it in 100%, then the solution set you may have will be very restrictive. And the chances of you getting 100% is very low. As a result, either it will be a one or more likely it will be a zero. That means you haven't solved the problem and you've succumbed to the problem, right? So the second thing I want to talk to you about in this idea here is having the notion of a non-binary mindset in solution. That means even if you're able to solve 80% of it, that is still a good problem so a solution. 50, if 80% is not positive, even 50%, that is still a good solution. Do you know what I mean? That notion needs to be there as a second point. So first is problem definition. Second is uh, a non-binary mindset for solution. Then the third one is this, this thought process about options. When you think about solving a problem, your mind should be thinking about what are all the options I have to solve it. You need to get into the thought process. What are all my options? The minute you get into the options, then you can start thinking about step four, which is what are the pros and cons of each of these options? And which one should I take based on the input and the feedback I'm receiving? If you're able to follow this framework, folks, many problems can be resolved systematically in a stepwise uh, issue and you will be able to solve it. As I said, this is a full one, two hour, maybe a week. Uh, in fact, I used to give a problem solving um, a training. Uh, we in fact piloted it and 20 of us joined it. And I think we are, probably I'll give it once again. But it's a, it's a like a 10 hour uh, sort of discussion on how do we think about problem solving. But let's keep, take, land this thought process with an example when it comes to running with my own personal experience, which was the last weekend. So last weekend, I just come back from, uh, you know, came back from uh, a long international trip, had hardly any sort of gap less than 12 hours from the time I landed or less than 15 hours from the time I landed to the start line of a half marathon in New York City. I come from India, warm, come back here, extremely cold, very windy. So it's like sub-zero temperature starting to the end kind of a, a temperature. And then it's a half marathon. It's not something that is uh, to be taken lightly. Of course, international travel, one week of heavy work, dehydration, all that is there. Even though I was careful, I know that this is going to be an issue. And I was focused on, you know, last time when I did this, I got into a trouble. So I was even more careful. So here I am in, uh, in the race, feeling good, actually, because I slept in the flight. I also slept the previous night. I thought I hydrated myself well. All that good stuff. Start the run. I felt great for the first three uh, miles. And then suddenly my, my heart rate started spiking. I'm talking about, like, I've never seen my heart rate more than 150, 160. And suddenly I'm seeing 180, 185. 
which I know that my body is sort of telling me, hey, sorry, buddy, I'm not ready for this. Uh, shut it down. Just shut it down. That's what my body is telling me. So now comes the problem solving. So what is the, the same framework that I was talking about? Framework one is, what is my problem? So as I thought through that, my problem is I'm exhausted. Maybe I was exhausted even though I'm not feeling it. My problem is my heart is rate is going up. So I need to manage that correctly. I need to manage it. My heart rate, I cannot let my heart rate go up like this. Uh, just forget about it because it's feeling good. I could have just continued running, but no. Heart rate was telling me something. So my, my entire problem statement was, I need to make sure I manage the heart rate. So what are the options? The options is either I stop running completely, like just call off the race and just go home. That was definitely an option. Another option could be see if I can just walk it up, you know? So that's the zero one scenario. You know, the first option is zero. The second option is point two, you know, solution. Just walk the entire thing and just see, you know, which if I'm able to finish it before the time, then it's good. At least I enjoyed the, the nice walk. Third is do a mix, walk and do run whenever you feel like a little bit. Forget about all the targets. Just focus on no PRs, no extra runs. Just, just run as it feels like. And then of course, fourth one is, you know, try to push for it, which was, uh, you know, try to just somehow get it up and forget about the heart rate. So that was the option. I, I was ready for all these options. I was ready for, I, this happened when I was about to uh, get off a bridge, which was into the Manhattan. And I said, you know what, let's just walk up the bridge, come to the other side. If heart rate doesn't stabilize, I call off the race, take a subway and go home. That was all ready for it. Mentally, I was ready for it. Then came option two, which was maybe I walk and see my heart rate. How is it? So I was looking at data. I was looking at how my body was reacting. And it just so happened when I started walking, my heart rate came down to 105. So I realized that, yeah, you know, it's everything is good as long as I'm walking. So I crossed the bridge and I started a little bit of run. And when I ran, I realized that if I run alone, I my body automatically takes me to my CP pace. And the minute I get my CP pace, my heart rate again goes back. So I needed a way to forcibly reduce my pace. And that is when my solution came in the form of Arvind, who was running in the in the along with me. And his CP was around 12, 1250. Mine is around 1045, 11. So I was going towards 11 without me realizing and hence having a spike. And here he was, Arvind was just following. I said, okay, why don't I literally just follow him? Just be behind him. And he didn't even know it because I didn't want him to be pressured because I'm following him. I just allowed him to do his race. I literally was a couple of steps behind him and I was seeing how my heart rate will, I was looking at my heart rate and seeing how it will sustain. At his CP, 1215 CP, I was able to maintain a rhythm of 150, 160, which is my good heart rate. And I just went along with him. When he stops, I will stop. When he takes a stop for a picture, I will just stand and watch him give a, you know, give a pose for the picture. I kept on running. Whenever he stops, I'll immediately stop, irrespective of how I felt. When he goes a little faster, I'll go along with him. And before I knew, eight miles just went by with, with a pretty controlled heart rate. And I was able to finish the run. Forget about my PR, forget about my timing. I thought it was just a beautiful, enjoyable time running along with Arvind. He didn't know that. And um, I was also very uh, glad to see how he managed this race. He has come such a far, long way. Congratulations, Arvind, for your half marathon. But I hope this gives you an, an idea of how you break down a problem statement into the definition, options, pros and cons of the option, looking at the data that's coming up and making a choice live and try to see if he can get, if not 0.8, if he can get 0.5, 0.4, still the outcome is worth it. And uh, that's the approach you all need to think about. 
please take a look, uh, please, uh, you know, um, think about it and think about when is the last time you had to apply such framework or when is the last time you had a problem statement like this and you didn't apply this framework and would love to hear your thoughts on how uh, a problem solving framework that I talked about will help you become good runners and also good human beings in solving life's problems. Thank you guys. We'll see you very soon and continue to push hard. Peak Miso is here and looking forward to dancing and having a good time with all of you in the uh, potluck um, runner side party that's happening very soon. Take care. Bye.